0: It's Wednesday. It's movies, and of course, it's Philip Malloy. For the fourteenth consecutive year, he uh, his horse is actually getting tired now <laughs> of coming in here, and his sombrero is a bit worn. I want to talk about just before you go about mm. the, the the thing about how you you know John Wayne would have had a career of you know whatever it was, thirty mm. or forty years. He
1: Marion Morrison. <laughs> that's his real name
0: oh I know that but yeah. he tended to wear the same clothes all the time didn't he
1: yeah yeah he, that, that, that rig out that, that outfit that he wears in Rio Bravo he wore that a lot
0: I yes think. and um, also if you think about Glenn Ford when Glenn Ford that? played cowboy movies yeah. he always wore yeah, that, that strange hat. kind of hat that didn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: and some of them Randolph Scott and him I think as uh, he uh, that's um, um, uh, Glenn Ford he had a a very sort of peculiar, a very particular way of riding the horse. He was—he he sat upright on the horse. Oh, I see. Yeah, and and uh, but he, he yeah—he had the battered, uh, Stetson.
0: Yeah, uh, of course. Unlike John Wayne, uh, Glenn Ford was a real-time World War Two hero. Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> uh,
1: Listen, but Ford was uh, Ford, uh, or um, not Ford? Um, John Wayne actually dates, I suppose, from the um, from the thirties. And uh, so he uh, he really only came into his own, I suppose, with Stagecoach yeah. in 1939. Yeah. and then
0: after that he took off. My son gave me a huge uh, box, uh, you know, a presentation box of John Wayne, and it includes an awful lot of those rubbish black you. and white ones. God, they were so rubbish, yeah. you know. Yeah, he
1: uh, there there were I, there were kind of poverty row studios in, in America. More of them. Well, than there are now um, at that time. And one was called Republic Pictures. And he made an awful lot of movies for them. It's the kind of movies that you turn out in six days, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, he made a lot, a lot for them. Uh, uh, Raul Walsh gave him an, an opportunity in the early 30s uh, with a Western. The Western's the big trail, I think it was called. Western failed. Then he went off uh, and did all these kind of small, these low budget things. And eventually Ford rediscovered him yeah. with the uh, Ringo Kid in. Um, in stage
0: now before we look at movie reviews, mm. uh, Homeland has kicked yeah, off. Yeah. It's series 5 is it?
1: Series 5. Yeah. Was,
0: it, is, was it any good? Well
1: I, really, I was really impressed with it oh, last good. night. Oh good. So um, I should watch it? No I think you should. And okay it was on RT2 last night. It'll be coming up I imagine in, uh, in, on one of the English channels as well so you could look out for it there it's uh it's set it's 2 years since the last um um series uh, uh Matheson, that's the main character played by claire dane she's moved on and her and her daughter little red-haired daughter who's supposed to be i presume brody's uh, child uh she they, they've moved to berlin and she's working now she's left the cia and she's working now um as um for uh, a, a big foundation. She's working as the security boss for a big foundation in Berlin. And uh, so what happens at the beginning of, I won't say much now, what happens at the beginning of the new series is a couple of uh, German hackers hack into the CIA file and that creates consternation from the beginning and then at the same time her boss tells her that he wants to go to Lebanon uh, to have a look at the refugee situation, he's a philanthropist to have a look at the refugee situation close up, so uh, they go to the Lebanon and even when she's sitting setting it up she gets into enormous trouble, so uh, that's, oh, okay. where, that's where it's going
0: alright ok well of course I don't like her as an actress but I'd be interested to see yeah, in terms ha- of writing yeah she
1: has I was reading about it um, in the Hollywood Reporter and I think from uh, in the third episode someone said it was like Carrie Madison's greatest
0: hits because she cries a lot <laughs> yeah. alright yeah. now it just uh, I was going to go to movie reviews but mm, I I, I, you, I noticed Spielberg is back Yeah, and obviously I'm a big fan yeah um, What's he doing?
1: Well, it's called uh, the movie is called Bridge of Spies, and uh, the Bridge of Spies in per, in, in in question it was a bridge uh, between East and West uh, uh, Berlin um, in the fifties and late fifties and sixties and uh, while well, well, he's done this movie Bridge of Spies uh, stars it's his fourth movie I think with Tom Hanks and it's about remember the Gary Powers case remember Gary Powers the, the pilot right. that was shot That's down right. the
0: spy plane the spy yeah. plane
1: so it's about that it's built around that and the place in that story um, of an insurance lawyer who's played by Hanks uh, apparently he was the hero of the day uh, but it's about the exchange then of a Russian spy who whom the Americans have for Gary Powers who as you say was a spy, spy plane uh, pilot who was downed in Russia and uh, that's the story it, came, it was shown at the uh, New York Film Festival last week, got a standing ovation I've seen several reviews of it and they've all been massively wow. enthusiastic but
0: it'll be a while before we it, see us, it we, we'll see it on the 29th of November
1: All oh, right. and okay. uh, the, the thing about it as well it's his first film since Lincoln which was almost four years ago
0: but it's back with Hanks, which is no, interesting. No, no,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're great friends anyway. They, okay. They, and they work together a lot and.
0: Now, there's a bit of a furore. Apparently, the cast of suffragette have caused a problem in America because the politically correct Nazis have been appalled (laughs) by uh, Emmeline Pankhurst. It was in a speech where she said, better a rebel than a slave. And then all the PC Nazis in America have said slave context of, of slavery and everything.
1: Absolute nonsense, George. Yeah. Total 500% 500% nonsense Yeah, I think those people are just looking for something to complain about to make yes. a case about
0: So what about Suffragette? Well, I mean it's it's, it's, it's okay. Meryl Streep isn't it?
1: It's, okay she plays Emmeline Pankhurst but she only, she's only in two scenes in the movie oh. Yeah it's basically about this young woman um, uh, played by Carrie Mulligan and she works in a laundry it's set by the way in 1912 works in a laundry and uh, she's her husband works in a laundry as well and they have one son and um so that's the story it's a fictional story but obviously against the background of the whole uh, suffragette fight for uh, the vote for for women and it's about how this 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 young woman played by Mulligan, is educated into the process. She learns about it uh, throughout the course of the movie and as she does, she gets more and more active right. um, in the movement. And uh, what does w-
0: what our friend play, Merle Streep? Merle Streep, she-, she plays Emmeline Pankhurst. Oh, she plays Pankhurst. Yeah. yeah and right, it's
1: only, okay. it's only the, the, the group are called, the Panks, they're called after her. And apparently, I, I don't know, she studied Russian revolutionary uh, practices, apparently, uh, at that time as well. So she was very, a very
0: active woman. You know, the really interesting thing I found with mm. the growth of feminism mm. and all this sort of the women's quality, mm. uh, the so-called glass ceiling, all these kind of things that, that you hear about every single day. Pankhurst has been largely forgotten by women. That's your th- point. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that modern day women who owe so much to Pankhurst, yeah. really, that would've. you would have thought they'd, yeah. they'd have She's, on, she's you know, called, on on.
1: In, in some of the stuff that I've seen about this, um, the, the, this group is called, I think they're called the um, Early Foot Soldiers of the
0: Feminist Movement. Right, so I mean that that, that yeah, that and I mean, when you think i mean i i I can't remember her name, but I think if I was a woman i i her name would mean a lot to me, like the suffragette threw herself under the horse in the Derby, that, for instance.
1: Well, uh, Actually, George, that's very, very interesting because that's the climax of the movie. Oh, yeah, oh I see. You haven't seen it? No no, no, no. Well, there it is. I that, didn't. No, no, I didn't realise no, no, that really, at all. It's the climax. I won't say any more than that, but
0: it's, oh, it figures, right. figures very, very strongly... Um, in in the story. I'm really disappointed in women I must say that this heroine of, of their fight mm. and their struggle is largely forgotten. One
1: of the things by the way that has happened as you have noticed now is in recent years and over the last few years women uh, actors and actresses and actresses uh, have been campaigning have made a huge issue out of the fact uh, remember they uh, they used to do that with uh, tennis a few years ago yeah. about the male players being paid much more than women well they're doing that in the film industry uh, oh I now. see and one of the leaders of it is Meryl Streep
0: oh she's the Billie Jean King Thing, of yeah, the yeah, movie industry yeah, yeah, yeah. alright Red Army
1: Red Army I really loved uh, I is this fictional not, or a documentary no, no this is a documentary ok and I have to say I really adore the charge. Um, it's, it's a movie by a documentary filmmaker, an American called Gabe Polsky. And it's about um, the Russian ice hockey team, which was used as as a propaganda weapon to highlight the merits of the Soviet system during the Cold War period. And uh, so they uh this, this movie it employs uh, you say to yourself, you look at it and you say, How in the name of God did they get this film? But it's all most of it is real film. Uh, it the fil- uh, it's sixteen mil film and it's um it's it's uh, it, it interposed with um uh with interviews with uh two basically two main guys but anyway it's about uh illustrates how 8 and 10 year olds were taken out of school and enlisted in the army uh, to train as ice hockey players during this time and one of well, one of these guys he's, he was a national the national team uh, captain and he was a quirky charismatic defender and his name is Slava Fetisov and the the film basically focuses on him he's very sort of combative and he's interviewed throughout Uh, just to camera, Uh, but he's very, very funny. He's very, very quirky. But anyway, one of the things that the the movie does is there's a a coach called Anatoly Tarazov, and he implemented a very sort of uh, rigorous training routine. But he also, George, he also uh, brought chess and even ballet into the team. And what they eventually found was, okay, they, this, this team was, the national team in the 70s was totally unbeatable. They were strong, beautifully coordinated unit. And the, their their teamwork became a symbol for the power of the collective. Obviously, the, the Russians at the time yeah. said, we work together. as So this is better than anybody else and especially better than the Americans. And when they went to the States, it proved to be the case. Uh, they played like... If you were looking for a modern sort of uh, uh, equivalent, you'd say they play like the Barcelona football club or something like that. They play they they yeah, play sure. together, and uh, but it's really uh, very very well done. What happens eventually is this guy Tarazov is uh, sacked, and he's he's replaced by a former AG, a KGB agent, and uh, he forces players to to train eleven um, months out of twelve, and he houses them in prison like barracks, and. Uh, uh, so they fall out to a man the members of the team fall out with this guy and a big part of the second half of the film is about that dispute okay. but it's really uh, it's, it's, um, as I said the director, the writer, the producer is a guy called Gabe Polsky, he's very very good but the, the kind of um, hero, the star of this thing um, is Slav Fetisov who as I say was the, okay. uh, the German... Where can we writer. see it? You'll see it in the IFI Irish film Institute.
0: The propaganda thing is interesting, and I wanted to ask you about this yeah. because um, ISIS at the moment uh, oh, yeah. deliver incredible propaganda, and we're talking to somebody, but the the. the the Hollywood of World War II, like, didn't Churchill make some extravagant claim for Mrs. Miniver? Like, yeah, it did. didn't he? Yeah. That it was better battleships. A hundred or battleships or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And what he was talking about was propaganda, as you yeah. say. Yeah. Way back in
0: America, because they were trying to get America into, into the, the war, war at that point. What would that have been? That would have been 41, would it? Probably. Yeah. And interestingly, they used a Canadian uh, actor in the shape of Walter Pigeon. Of course, yeah, that's good. Uh, good you point, know, yeah. And an Irish woman in the shape of Greer Garson. Greer Garson, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, now you have a thriller. Oh, by the way, where can we see Red Army?
1: You can see Red Army in the Irish Film Institute, but I I imagine and I hope it, it'll go into other cinemas again because it's worth it. It deserves it.
0: Okay, you've got a thriller? Uh,
1: there's a thriller called Sicario out and um, it's directed by a Canadian director called Denise Villeneuve. And I I have to say he's really good, George. This is a really sort of high class adult uh, thriller with a great sort of opens with a great sort of action sequence. But it's basically it's about the war uh, between the drugs cartels and the Americans along the Mexican border. And uh, so it's set on the border, set on the border. And it starts. I'll just tell you the way it starts, because it's important. It starts off. With uh, this unit, this FBI unit, they're uh, moving in on a house in a place called Chandler in Arizona.
0: I think that's near Phoenix, I think. Is it? I yeah, think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, But moving. you holidayed in Phoenix. I did, I did, yeah.
1: They uh, um, have a sister there. They, um, so they're moving in on, they're an FBI kidnap response unit and they're moving in on this, expecting to find hostages. And what they find is 42 bodies wrapped in tarp and all put in the wall, all buried in the wall of this house. And the, the house, by the way, has, is booby-trapped as well. But they're all in the wall. And it, it, what the movie does then from the beginning, it actually says to you that anything is possible in this film. Yeah. You can expect uh, anything. You're going to be surprised, and you are. And uh, eventually what happens, this unit is led by a woman called Kate Mercer, Kate Maser in the movie. She's played by the great Emily Blunt. And what happens then is Emily Blunt, this character, she's... Uh, She's invited to join a unit that's going after the cartels. And th- that's where it goes from there. This guy Villeneuve, firstly, it plays like, best thing I can say is it plays like an adult sort of Michael Mann movie. And uh, she's she's great in it. There's some wonderful supporting, ca- uh, great supporting cast. Josh Brolin is better than I've seen him in ages. Benicio Del Toro is in it. And I recommend it highly.
0: All right. Now, Fargo. Yeah. The movie, which was fantastic, yes, yeah. of course, and won an Oscar for your one with the Swedish accent, isn't that right? Yes, the, the, the pregnant uh, yeah. policeman, policewoman. Yeah. Now, I didn't realize they made a film series, a, a, <laughs> a television, television series on yeah. the back of that. They
1: did, yeah. yeah.
0: And now yeah. they've gone to series the, two.
1: Yeah, and it's one of these these anthology things. And in uh, the first one, uh, starred Billy Bob Thornton and Billy Bob Thornton was this really sort of malevolent force in it. And it was a about basically him coming into the area in Minnesota and the effect that he had on almost everything and everyone that was there. Now, as you say, they've started um, a, uh, this, the second series and it's, it's on on uh, the, the 19th of October, by the way, on Channel 4. And in this one, uh, there was a character in the first one uh, played by Keith Carradine. And this is a prequel. So the character played in the first one by Keith Carradine, who, as you know, is John Carradine's son. Um, he is now uh, um, played by an actor called Patrick Wilson, and it's about him. He's a former. It's it's set in the late seventies, um, as supposed to be a kind of turning period for America, as someone says in it. And it's um, it's it's about uh, at the beginning of it, three bodies, three dead bodies, riddled to, to death, are found um, at uh, a, a was called a waffle hut. And they're found, it's near uh, the South Dakota border with uh, Minnesota. And uh, so what happens is these are found, uh, cops are brought in, the cops are played, as I say, by Patrick Wilson, and an older cop played by the great Ted Danson. And uh, so that's the... Ted
0: Danson from Cheers? Ted Danson from Cheers. has
1: Has a beard in it and he... He looks great, actually. All right. Okay. But, uh, Wearing his toupee, I presume. Um, he t- I saw him talking somewhere about that and about how he had spent his life uh, basically having his hair touched up. And now he could go without it. Um, but anyway, so so that's what it is. I, I saw a report in. I haven't seen this. I, I'd seen Homeland. Haven't got the opportunity to see this yet. So uh, he's in the Hollywood Reporter saying that Fargo 2 sketches out a fascinating portrait of America at the crossroads and predicting that it would be better and All better right. received than the first now,
0: one. Now, Fargo, as I say, I saw the movie, didn't see Series 1. Did yeah. you see Series 1? I saw And I, was it good? I really liked it. All yeah, right, yeah. okay. And I'm surprised,
1: uh, and, uh, and I, as I say, I haven't seen this, but people are saying that it's better, and I'm surprised that they're saying okay. that it's better, but now, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Ted Danson, are you recommending Cheers to listeners oh. interested in uh, the past, in history, of I mean, television? Yeah,
1: well, in the history of the sitcom, Cheers, I think, has a you know as a, a distinguished place. A distinguished place
0: I don't think I ever watched a complete episode yeah, yeah, of Cheers yeah. I was they, it's Woody Harlson was very good in it yeah, there was a, an
1: old actor who played a character called The Coach was very good he was in the first few series
0: yeah I didn't yeah. Really watch it at all yeah. there was there's a pub in Boston of course the Cheers pub, pub in Boston Yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't, in that? Yeah, somebody dragged me to it. Well, I'm sure think. did. They. <laughs> I think it was producer Mark Simpson oh. dragged me to it. Yeah. That <laughs> I thing s- about Spotlight, do you want to have a chat about that? What? This is the Catholic Church scandal? Yeah, yeah. What's but this? The, but,
1: well, the interesting thing about it is that, okay, it's been released in the States by a company called Open Road. They're the distributor. And what they're doing, George, they've been so impressed with the way the movie has been received at a series of festivals that they're promoting the entire cast. That's Michael Keaton. Well, the, uh, the, it'll include Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Liev Schreiber, you know him, Stanley Tukey, Billy Crudup, John Slattery, and uh, Brian Darcy. John Slattery of Mad yes. Men. There, there. This is a huge ensemble in the movie, and they're promoting them all for Oscar nominations.
0: But this, this is a story about the the Catholic Church scandal yeah. of covering up sexual abuse. Yeah,
1: apparently, it was right. particularly bad in Boston. That's right. But, co-
0: but this is uh, a feature film. Oh yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Haven't and seen yet. it hasn't no, arrived, no, yet. Hasn't arrived yet. Haven't
1: seen it yet. I I think it's January. It's due. It's been doing really, really well at film festivals. Uh, I think it's out in the States uh, next month and uh, they expect it to figure very prominently. somebody
0: is going to have to help me out here. Uh, I was up in Donegal at the weekend and also in Sligo and I was in the Sligo Park Hotel and I was kind of falling asleep and there was a movie on, so I don't know what it was. It was RT1 or 2. There was a movie on latest, you know. Anything about it, any clue. John Slattery. <laughs> I suddenly saw him appear on the screen. What the hell was that? I, I, I didn't watch it. I I wasn't watching it. He was
1: younger, was really. he? Did he have? Yeah, I uh, thought black he was hair?
0: younger. Yeah, I thought he was younger. No, he didn't have black hair. I so didn't. we need. I might. I must look at the God's um,
1: Pocket was the last film he did.
0: Really? Yeah. Um. The the who, there's a listener, Jason. He directed Carley. that, but he wasn't
1: in it. Sorry before right. we before we listeners jump on. So yeah,
0: Jason Carley. He's asked you about Fat City.
1: You remember that? I do yeah yeah 1972 uh, a John Huston film uh, stars Casey uh, uh, Stacey Keach uh, uh, Jeff Bridges and Susan Terrell and basically it's a boxing movie set among a sort of group of low in in boxing i think it was in Stockton in northern california very dark film it was yeah one of the things about it was um uh, this was pre the godfather so Brando's career was in the doldrums at that stage and apparently John Huston went to him again and again to play the character played by, eventually by Stacy Keach, and he kept putting it off so Huston got fed up with him and he went to Keech. Uh, with the, in the case of uh, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges had scored a big success with The Last Picture Show uh, but um, Huston, uh, and I, I can't really see this, but Huston offered the part of the young boxer in the film to his brother Bo Bridges. Bo, I couldn't see Bo Bridges no, as, as a boxer. boxer. I yeah. couldn't. And uh, so he offered it to him. And Bo said no, that he was too old for the part, sensibly, and and recommended Jeff. So all that's right. how Jeff got it.
0: Now, I think Bo and Jeff Bridges are half-brothers. Would you? I think. I'm not sure. But if when they are or whatever, never heard that said. All right. Well, I'm not certain. I'm hmm. not certain. I admit.
1: They're Lloyd Bridges' sons. Yes. Yeah.
0: But... Keith Carradine and his brother are definitely half-brothers, and that's what reminded me about it. Sons yeah. of John Carradine, yeah. Yeah. who was yeah. wonderful as the southern gentleman in stagecoach.
1: No, he was, yeah. Hatf- not Hatfield. Was it Hatfield. Hatfield, yeah. yeah Hatfield. All right.
0: Listen, Saturday night Saturday uh, picture night, uh, show.
1: We'll be talking to Colin Farrell about his movie, The Lobster. Uh, we had Joe Wright, who's the director of a film called Pan,
0: and Sarah Garan, who is the director of yeah. Suffragette. You can ask him, is he he still going to play the lead in the film version of my erotic Uh, novel? He's very keen to play it. I'm sure he is. (laughs) He's very I'm sure he's bursting (laughs) a gut now to play it. All right, Philip. I presume, uh, seeing as you've been coming every week for the last 14 years, you'll be back next week. Philip Malloy with Movies and Television.
1: Thank you, George, and good night.